All right, well in the conversation, a lot of people want third parties. You guys want a third party? Well, guess what, there already is a third party. It's called the Working Families Party. And we're gonna bring in Nalini Stamp. She is the Director of Strategy and Partnerships for them to help understand what is it, what does it do, and whether you should be a part of it. So Nalini, welcome. Thanks for having me, Jake. No problem. So let's start super basic for people who don't know, what is the Working Families Party? Yes, um, the Working Families Party is a third party uh, in the United States um, that is fighting for the many and not just the few. We find, recruit, and train candidates to run for office, but we like to call ourselves non-delusional, meaning that we won't just put up third party challenges when we know that we can actually primary Democrats um, in many places in this in this country. We're, we're best known for, especially this year, um, primarying the mayor of Buffalo and winning in the primary with India Walton, who could be uh, on Tuesday, the first major socialist uh, mayor of a city since the 1970s. Yeah, so I'm actually talking to her next on this show. So, <laughs> so there you That's go. Right. <laughs> yeah, so but, um, Sometimes you guys will support the Democrat in the race, right? So how does that work? Yeah, so it works differently in different places. In New York, in Connecticut, in Oregon, and in South Carolina, we actually have our own ballot line. So we have historically, we'll support a Democrat in the primary, and it'll usually be a primary challenge. Sometimes we'll actually run third party, like Tish James, who is the Attorney General of the state of New York, when she first ran, she ran as a third party working families party for the city council in New York City. We have other folks like Yulene in the assembly of New York and Diana Richardson who all ran as WFP only candidates. And we have some in other states. And those states we actually have a ballot line. In states like here in Pennsylvania, we don't have a ballot line, but we recruit candidates to run in Democratic primaries or when there is nonpartisan primaries, right? When you're just voting for the candidates itself, we will we will find and recruit them and and support their candidacies, build a base around them, and make sure that we win. Do you ever run third party candidates in general elections, where it's just um, well? Let me just let you answer. Yeah, we have before. So in the state of Connecticut, we ran Ed Gomes, who was a state legislator for quite some time. Like Tish James, when she ran, she ran in the general against a Democrat. It was a special, but it was still a general special. And we ran and she won on working families only. So we've done it a few times, but a lot of our power is actually running in Democratic primaries. So we will, especially in places where we don't have our own ballot line, because ballot status is really hard to get in this country and to maintain as well. Right. It's all so, set up to, to hold the two party system. <laughs> now I'll tell you my opinion. I think that's the right way to go. That makes sense. You fight in the primaries and then in certain elections where you think you have an actual practical chance of winning in the general, then of course, why not, right? Mm-hmm. But in unfortunately, I think both you and I would agree, very unfortunately, the third party candidate usually does not have a chance in the general election in most elections in America. Now, a lot of people on the left hate to hear that. So do you guys get flack for not running more in general elections? Yeah, we do. Um, but what we, what, like the folks who see our actual power and our base with our candidates, with the folks who we have, they understand what we're doing. I mean, when we 
changed um, the demographics of the New York City Council. Uh, there was no, they were caucusing by borough. It was like a Staten Island caucus and a Brooklyn caucus. We changed the demographics of that by running and winning primaries and making sure that progressives have, have won and run. Um, I think the other thing that people, you know, people will give us flack, but I say this at the end of the day. A millions of people, working class people, know what the Democratic and Republican parties are. Millions, millions and millions of people. Until we have that built for third parties, it is not the strategy to get a majority working class to be involved in elections. Right, and so theoretically, if you keep building power, and I've seen the Working Families Party grow in my lifetime, and as I've covered politics, then you could push for things like ranked choice voting, and you could make a thing a third party more and more viable as you go. So let me start by in that line of questioning, asking how thrilled were you guys about ranked choice voting in New York? Absolutely thrilled. I mean, obviously we weren't the happiest with how the primary ended up in terms of the mayoral race. However. We got to see champions like Sandy Nurse, who was with me at Occupy Wall Street, fighting the good fight in the streets. Tiffany Caban, um, Shahana Hanif win their races because of ranked choice voting. We saw, we elected Brad Lander as a comptroller and um, reelected Jamani Williams. So I think it's amazing. We fundamentally believe that our Democracy needs heavily reform. And unfortunately, they're not doing that in Capitol Hill right now, but we will advocate for it in every state that we see fit. So we were really excited. And it showed that working class candidates, you know, people of color candidates, we have more women ever that are coming in in a freshman class if they win on Tuesday, which most likely they will, to represent us in the city of New York. So I'm really excited that 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 we're seeing these structural changes happen across the country. By the way, the website's workingfamilies.org. And so this one's a layup, but (laughs) so some, but a lot of folks don't know, that's why I'm asking it. Some old school Democrats will say, well, what do you need the Working Families Party for? We already have the Democratic Party. (laughs) Well, here's my answer to that. The Democratic Party is a machine that is made to protect incumbents. And as we know, as we're seeing in so many different places across the country, both locally and nationally, Democratic incumbents start to get to the interest of not working class people. They're either, you know, in places like Atlanta, where you, you know, we want to shut down the Atlanta Atlanta Central Detention Center. You have, you know, the pro-police unions and you you have them influencing elections in Atlanta. You have corporate real estate lobbies. Uh, fossil fuel lobbies that invest in elections and are lobbying to make sure that the incumbent protects their interests and not the interests of working people. So until we structurally change, um, you know, getting money out of politics, the things that we, you know, progressives have been championing for the last decade plus, um, we can't just trust the Democratic Party to just protect their interests and to protect the incumbents that are there. Well, you just mentioned India Walton earlier in the. Uh- Interview and that's a perfect example. So, a Democratic Socialist supported by Working Families Party wins the Democratic primary, and all of a sudden the Democrats turn and go, "Ah, we don't really care about primaries." And and the thing that we told you guys not to do your whole existence to run in the general election, 
the Democratic mayor does, and half the Democratic Party supports him. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm now going to turn to the thing that, that frustrates me the most because it's an inevitable question. So, normally, that guy should be ridden out of town, right? And but the reason he's not, and you've got a real race on your hands in Buffalo, is because of the media. When you guys, if you ever dared running in a general election, the media would pulverize you, right? Yep. But when a corporate Democrat does it, they seem to be just fine with it. Am I, but you're in the thick of the fight. Am I seeing that wrong or is that correct? <laughs> I mean, you're seeing it, you know, um, 100% right. It's the media, and it's also remember, like, Kathy Hochul, who is the governor, still will not support um, Andy Walton at, the, at, the, at this point. You have the Democratic, um, the, the chair, the Democratic Party chair. I mean, India will explain this, but Jay Jacobs even compared India to the KKK, and then that's what the media is covering instead of actually that. Like, it is ridiculous that Byron Brown is running in a write-in, right? If any of us did that, they would call us spoilers and saying that we're going to split the vote and let a Republican win. But that's not what we're seeing here, and it's not just the media. It, it's the media hand in hand. With the, with, with the Democratic establishment, and we cannot forget big real estate's role. Um, India is a fighter for housing um, justice and has been a fighter for housing rights, especially now with you know evictions happening so many times across our country, especially during the pandemic. Real estate has thrown in a lot of money because they, do, they wanna see their interests protected. And they don't wanna see somebody being a champion for working people and a champion for housing rights um, in the mayor seat. Yeah, look, I just, I've said this a million times on the show, so it's not anything new. The Democratic Party is corrupt. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about big real estate, they took corporate donations from those real estate companies. And so that's why they serve them. They don't serve their voters. So that whole like progressive shtick they have is a cover story to get your votes to then hand you back over to the real estate companies, just like the Republicans do. And the Andrew Cuomo was the king of that, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think we just came up with a new word here, big media. It popped into my head as you were talking because you know we call them mainstream media, corporate media, establishment media. But really that's what they are, they're big media and they're an industry and a lobby of their own. And so of course big media is gonna agree with corporations that run us and the Democratic Party. And the fact that they won't acknowledge that they're biased is just <laughs> maddening and hilarious at the same time. Anyways, but I did want to ask you guys about something. So I'm co-founder of Just Democrats, and I think the most important rule we had was no corporate PAC money. You're not allowed to take it. Do you guys have a similar rule? Yeah, um, we don't take corporate PAC money at all, and um, we have worked with mostly folks who don't take corporate PAC money. There has been um, folks that we've had to actually coach out. We believe in folks transfer transforming, um, so folks who maybe. Previously taken corporate PAC money, um, we have worked with them to be like, this is it. And they have pulled that out. There's been cases where um, our candidates have actually given back the money um, because they realized that it was that they can't have corporate PAC money. Yeah, it's it's corrupting, period. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't need no puppeteers here, okay? <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right, Nalini Stamp, uh, Director of Strategy and Partnerships. Everybody go check out workingfamilies.org. Thank you so much for joining us, appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
All right, back on the conversation. We got a great guest for you guys, India Walton. She's a Democratic nominee for mayor of Buffalo. We're gonna have an election very soon and she could be the first socialist mayor of a major city in America in decades. India, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, I'm so happy to be here. No problem. So before we get to the drama, and there's tons of drama in your race, Including some Democratic leader comparing you to the KKK. I mean, absolute insanity. The corporate Democrats betraying the Democratic Party, all that. First, though, you beat a four term Democratic incumbent in the primary. How'd you do that? Sure. Um, it's, it's been incredible. We, we came victorious through the primary with um, an all volunteer staff. A team that was really inexperienced, but we just knocked doors. We knocked doors, we made phone calls, we made sure that our message got out to voters, and we made sure that we turned our people out to vote. Um, it was just a classic political campaign. We did the thing that they tell organizers to do, and that's organize. So um, that's that's how we got here. That's interesting. One more quick thing on that. Was there a lot of media coverage of the primary or no? No, the media was like absent. Like I was begging them to. Um, Compel Brown to debate. I was begging them to cover campaign events we were having. Um, there was very little media attention pre-primary, and now, now um, I'm like trying to fend them off desperately. I'm so yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works. Uh, so, did Brown ever debate you before uh, before the vote or no? No, there was no debate um, pre-primary, but we did have one debate um, after the primary, him and two other write-in candidates. Um, and if you've not seen the footage of that, it's on YouTube and it's an interesting watch. Yeah, funny how we wanted to debate after he lost, huh? Uh, before he's running from you and doesn't want any piece of it. Now that you're the favorite, all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, please debate." Funny how that works. Um, funny. Yeah. So. Uh, is there any Republicans in the race at this point or no? Um, yeah, Byron Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is he has been a, an, an elected official for 30 years, always as a Democrat. He is the former chair of the New York State Democratic Party, but now he is actively colluding with Republicans. Um, the state Republican committee has contributed to his campaign. Like he's blatantly using um, Republican talking points and some of his reporters are like suspects in the January 6th insurgency on the Capitol. So um, there is not a Republican contender on the ballot, but we know um, who the Republicans are supporting and, and that's my opponent. Yeah, um, and so this has happened in a lot of places in the country. Uh, Nina Turner in Ohio, who's now a TYT host here. Uh, her opponent brazenly took uh, Trump donor money. Uh, and then the media turned around and uh, questioned whether Nina Turner was an actual Democrat. <laughs> so, but here you're the official Democratic nominee. So, good news, Chuck Schumer just endorsed you. Um, and so, I'm sure you're happy about that. I got my reasons for why he did that, but let's put that aside. Wins a win, right? Uh, but people all the way up to even before we get to the guy who compared you to the KKK. Where people, including the governor, Kathy Hochul, Gillibrand still has not endorsed you, even though you're the nominee. Do they have any? Gillibrand has. Oh, she did. Okay, so she did. Okay, yeah. I read an earlier article and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Okay, um, so they're not like even the centrists are 
you've created a panic where they're endorsing you, which is great, right? And by the way, in case you want to help India, in case, IndiaWalton.com, IndiaWalton.com, there it is. You can donate, you can volunteer, or the election is right around the corner. So, anyways, but Hochul, if I'm not mistaken, has not endorsed you, and she's the governor of New York. So I'm gonna ask you a funny question. What's their excuse for not endorsing the Democratic nominee? Um, the public excuse is people are too busy doing their jobs to be worried about what's happening in Little Buffalo. Uh, but you know, I think the real reason is that there are 30 years of relationships here. Um, there are folks who know the incumbent mayor and um, you know, I am gracious. I'm not. I'm not upset that people have decided to wait it out. Um, but you know, I am pleased that there are some folks who are brave enough to come out and say, you, "India is the endorsed Democratic nominee." And if we say we support Democrats, then we we support India Walton. And you know, to Jay Jacobs and all of the people, like the Buffalo News said, well, maybe not David Duke, but she's really similar to Trump, right? To try and draw that parallel when I have a platform that's centered on reducing poverty, addressing childhood lead poisoning, and making sure folks have good living wage jobs, like is just the most ridiculous thing ever. So folks can endorse who they want to. I'm gonna to talk to the voters. I'm gonna make sure that I'm talking to everyday folks, residents of Buffalo. That is the draw of this campaign is that I'm not as focused on big names and the top dogs, right? My time and attention goes to the little guy. That's how I've won this campaign in the primary. That's how I'm gonna win in the general and that's how I'm gonna govern as mayor. India, it appears that they're worried that you'll actually support the voters and not their donors. That is why a lot of the Democratic establishment took a very, 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 very long time to endorse you or have not yet done so. And mm -hmm. so is there truth to the rumor that you will not solely represent the corporate donors of the Democratic Party? Um, that is 100% accurate. The reason why I don't accept contributions from large developers and corporations, the reason why my campaign is supported by small dollar donors is because I want to be accountable to the people that I am charged with serving. And I think that it is easy to be corrupted by power. And in order to keep me honest, in order to keep me transparent and accessible, I don't want to accept funding from people that I'm gonna have to make deals with, right? Um, I, I just, that is not the way I'm gonna operate my um, city government. So what what is what is it in Buffalo that you think has the powers that be so nervous about you? Uh, because since you don't take the corporate money, you're not, you're, you're free. And, and they're really, really worried about free people who just represent the voters. But they're worried about it, not theoretically, not ideologically, but practically about certain things that are gonna happen. There's a real estate deal, there's this deal, there's that deal. And what if India comes in and actually represents the voters and we don't get to screw them over? <laughs> so is there, are there a couple things that are happening in Buffalo that, that really concern those powerful people in, in terms of deals or anything else that, that might happen that they're worried about and that's why they've brought out all the guns against you? They they have every reason to be worried, right? You know, I, I think that 
this notion that I'm anti-development and I'm going to somehow negatively impact the business community is false. It's, it's a lie meant to instoke fear because when people conduct business business ethically, they won't have anything to worry about. But those who have been taking advantage of the system using taxpayer money while they are uber uh, wealthy and comfortable, and we still have childhood poverty that's nearing 50%. And Buffalo remains the third poorest city of its size in the nation. And folks are unhoused and unfed and uncared for. Um, they have they have reason to be concerned. And I would add that you know I don't owe anyone anything. Um, in the words of the the late great Shirley Chisholm, I'm unbought and unbossed, and that means that there are a lot of people in high paying patronage positions who are afraid that I'm going to hire someone who is highly skilled and equipped to do a good job with the standard of excellence that's actually going to serve the, the residents of the city of Buffalo. So you know. It, folks who are doing a good job, people who are honest and, and honorable and uh, want to do what's best for Buffalo are more than welcome into a Walton administration, are more than welcome to continue to do business with the city of Buffalo. But those who aim to extract from our community and exploit our people, they gotta go. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, I'm in favor of anyone quoting Shirley Chisholm. So <laughs> every Shirley Chisholm quote gets a IndiaWalton.com reference. Uh, <laughs> okay, so by the way, I, I only wish there was an example of a democratic socialist who'd uh, won a mayorship and then uh, and then what happened with it. Oh, right, there's Burlington where Bernie Sanders won by only 10 votes. His, the first time he won, only by 10 votes. And then he did not block all business, he did not block all development, but he did block a development that was going to be on the park uh, or by the water. Uh, that people loved and he turned it into a park. And then he wound up having 80% popularity. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how it works. All right, now, last thing is the, the giant controversy around uh, Jay Jacobs. He is the New York Democratic Party chair. So this is not some rando guy. I mean, that's a big, big guy in New York Democratic politics. And he compared, uh, he said, you were so extreme. That's why he hadn't made up his mind on whether to endorse you or not. And he felt no obligation to endorse you because he wouldn't necessarily endorse David Duke, the grand wizard of the KKK. So it's an analogy, but it's an analogy that equates you to the KKK. What do you think? I mean, that is such an unbelievably extreme thing to say. What is it about corporate Democrats like Jay Jacobs that makes them think anyone who represents the voters is the equivalent of the KKK? Um, I. Couldn't tell you, unfortunately. Um, and I think the the really disappointing part is that Jay Jacobs doesn't know me. He's never met me, and there's nothing about what I believe that is extreme. Um, people deserve a place to live, a place to lay their head. Children deserve a quality education. Folks deserve health care. Um, people just want access to their government and. Um, I don't think that's extreme, but for folks who have been able to um, run this shell game, where you know they get give preferential treatment to their wealthy donors, are now um, having to draw these ridiculous parallels in an effort to make people afraid of me. 
But when my message is in front of voters, when people say, oh, well, you know, she's not radical at all. Actually, it's kind of extreme that we've been suffering this long. It's extreme that people are working 40, 50, and 60 hour weeks and then still having to go stand on the bread line. Um, those are things that are extreme and it, it needs to end um, right now. So God bless Jay Jacobs, you know, my, my, Goal right now, the next seven days is to talk to the voters, talk to the residents and the people of Buffalo and um, drown out the negativity and really amplify our message of hope, our message of progress, and our message of putting the people first. Okay, I hear you. That's a good attitude, right attitude. I am not blessing Jay Jacobs. Okay, but that's me. And should you want your representatives to be unbought and unbossed? Of course, so they can represent you and not the people who bought them. This should be relatively elementary if we had a real media in this country. All right, IndiaWalton.com. India, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And looking forward to having you back once you're mayor of Buffalo. Yes, thank you so much. It's been great.